You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. I'm your co-host, Brandon Ware, here with my lovely partner, Dr. Jess. Hey, hey. How you doing today, babe? I'm great. I'm feeling good. You're feeling good. Well, today we are joined by Jet Setting Jasmine, a licensed clinical therapist, owner of Blue Pearl Therapy, wears many hats, including adult performer, sex educator. I know you own a number of businesses. What are you up to right now? What's on your radar? On my radar right now is trying to balance family and all of those hats. And I think um, that has been, that is like my number one goal and challenge right now. It's not, um, it's not one particular thing. It really is striking the right balance with our family. We have an 18-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a one-year-old. Yes. <laughs> so the 15-year-old should be watching that one-year-old, that's right? the first thing I thought of. Yes. No, and, and that's how it works. So, and we travel a lot for our, our business. So King King Noir is my partner. And um, the biggest thing for us is how do we keep our family together and still honor the lifestyle that we want to live and the work that we want to do. And part of that is traveling with the family as much as possible. So yes, the 15-year-old is flying in tonight. Um, she pretty much is on the road Friday through Sunday so she can watch her brother and we can hoe around. <laughs> and the 18-year-old was doing hurricane prep while we were gone last week. And, you know, so um, super, super awesome kids, very responsible. Uh, but it is striking a balance. They're still kids, right? And, and what a mm-hmm. cool life for a teenager to get to fly out to different places. I know you were in yeah. the Northeast, in the New York area. You mm-hmm. were in the Poconos. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were, And now you're down in Atlanta. Yeah. And I know the 15-year-old the hasn't arrived yet, but last night you were shooting. Can you yes. tell us about the shoot? So thankfully we're in Atlanta and I have family here. So my sister came in, uh, my oldest sister, so she got to spend some time with her nephew. Um, so the shoot was, it was my first like true di- um, directorial debut where I um, am doing a short documentary on women producing and directing porn. Yeah, so I, I've directed before, either co-directed or directed and starred, um, but there's something very different about being completely out of the scene and having being responsible for, in this case, three people. So it was um, a threesome scene with King Noir, Redhead Barbie, and Zerlina, and they um, shared with each other their pleasure points. So this was all about three different co-stars sharing with each other what they want. So not what I wanted, um, not what they think the public wants. It's like, I really get turned on when, like for Redhead Barbie, when um, my the inside of my thighs are bit or scratched. Mm-hmm. And like, who would think of that? You know, just in a normal scene, unless you really sit down and take the time and ask, you know, or today, how do you feel? Like, what do you want today? Not the last time I saw you on film. And so they had an opportunity to have those fantasies played out with some directing and um, also just getting some insight on what the difference is for them being directed by a woman. It was an all-woman crew from camera, lights, um, our, our PA, everything, our runner, all, all women. And you know, it was seamless. There was no ego in the room. 
there were no uh there was no competition for who has a bigger cock <laughs> like it was it was like women taking care of one another to get a goal done and and we did and yeah. so if you're directing mm-hmm. and you're also trying to honor their wishes, which mm-hmm. is a, a rarity in porn. If we look at mainstream porn, mm-hmm. it is what, what we perceive the public to want and then the performers yeah. perform. And oftentimes yeah. performers can enjoy it, mm-hmm. but their mm-hmm. pleasure is either secondary or tertiary to yeah. other needs. Mm-hmm. So in this scene, mm-hmm. you are asking them to do what felt good for them right. in a threesome. Mm-hmm. And then you also want to make it visually appealing. That was a challenge, and that was something. Um, a couple of times through the night, I said, "I'm not doing this again." <laughs> and then this morning, I was like, "That was really cool. I'm not doing that again." <laughs> there were, you know, there were um, some moments where they were really into it, but I'm like, "No, I got to get this crew home," you know. <laughs> and like, yeah, that looks really, really good and exciting, but I still need to see the thighs, you know. And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it was about being being sensitive and and being honest and saying, you know, that really looks good and it really looks like you're enjoying it. And if you guys want to go back to that when we call rap, that's cool. But right now I need to see this. Can can I ask about the directing side of this? Yeah. When you're directing and it's adult film Mm -hmm. and they're in the moment, you're stopping them and saying, I need you to do this. And how does that affect getting back into things because if we were engaging in right. some and somebody was like hey yo i need you to stop for a second because i need you to do this i'd be like yeah you just you, you can't me. i can't yeah. so you're what are you doing exactly when you're directing mm-hmm. that scene to keep everything flowing right so there's a, a couple of things one i think it's important a, a lot of times when people look at um perform really look at any profession they think like I could do that, right? <laughs> Except for me. I'm like, yeah, I can never I, do that. I can't do that. I'm like, how does she even get her leg there? And my first thought, I gotta say, is mm-hmm. goddamn those nails. I, right? <laughs> Don't put those things in me, right? <laughs> so, um, and there was some fisting last night. Um, but, uh, you know, but people, I mean, think about it. You you are an artist and you're, um, you create and you, you do things for um, for media purposes, so you do know what it's like behind the scenes. But when people, you know, may look when they look at your job, they may think like, oh, like she travels with her husband and you know does a couple shows, right? But don't know everything that takes for you to be a professional in that setting. Mm-hmm. And I th- I think the best way to say it is that the the co stars were really professional, like they are professionals, and that's the difference of being able to get into your body in such a way that I can take a break and and maintain this um, sexual energy. I can take a break and jump back into my work. Um, But, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I guess I failed in the moment of asking that question to to remember that these are actors. Right. And that that this is their... This is their job. Mm-hmm. This is what they know to do. I just associated with the physiological sure. uh, sensations where you're kind of like, to get back in, I'm thinking about my own pleasure mm-hmm. and how I would just be focused on that as opposed to acting out a scene. Right. No, that makes sense. And so I, I use the, um, for me, it's about edging because I, in order for me, I think everyone has a different way of staying engaged. And whenever I'm in those type of scenes, I'm thinking from an edging perspective, like, it's coming, it's coming, like, ah, you know, it's kind of that, that um, it's almost like I'm playing with the director 
even more so than my partner with like you're going to you're going to let me you're going to let me come no okay okay it's coming <laughs> I, I think you sort of described what edging is yeah but I'd, I'd like you to just give a little bit yeah, more clarity sure. it's um when you take your partner or partners to almost to the brink of having an orgasm um and then you withdraw that pleasure or that stimulant uh and it may not even be orgasm it just may be bringing them to a point of like you know, um, enjoyable pleasure, and then you withdraw it. So it can be very frustrating. It can be very fun. Um, it's challenging. And I think for uh, adult entertainers, that is part of the challenge of how I can allow myself to be seamless in in, in my acting, uh, but all at the same time, deal with all of these external factors. Now, we do take breaks. Uh, at different points in times, it was like, oh, you know, okay, you, you want to put us in a different position. Let me go run and use the restroom. Uh, give me a minute. I just need to compose myself. Um, my knees hurt. Let me stretch out. I, I want my orange sports drink. Right. To refresh. Yeah. <laughs> Unsponsored yet in adult yeah, film. So I'm not not naming any names, but I, I could see myself wanting my sports drink next to me. Right. For, for How long did the scene take last night? It took us, um, there was a lot of interviewing going on. So I, I would say that um, the sex itself went on for about two and a half hours. Oh, lad. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole lot of acting. It, it is. But the cool thing is um, because they we really were doing things that they enjoyed. And so to kind of go back to your question, there were aspects where I was like, okay, that's really nice that you want that, but I do need to open this scene up a little bit more to, you know, some other activities for for the viewer. And then also for your your co-star who maybe doesn't want to... um, bite your thighs for 15 minutes his teeth are tired yeah you know his jaw yeah he hadn't trained for that now i think that the notion that porn performers are enjoying their work Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is one that falls into this gray area Mm -hmm. because for example you're a sex educator and we're often telling people that remember that these are acted out scenes Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily a reflection of reality and in that messaging i think the desire, the genuine pleasure, the genuine connection between performers mm. is lost. So on one hand, we don't want people to see porn and think they can do everything in porn right. because that two hour, two and a half hour shoot is getting cut down to... 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. on one hand, we don't want people to compare themselves right. and feel that an emulation is necessary. And in the absence of comprehensive sex education that acknowledges pleasure mm-hmm. and talks about different ways people have sex, people mm-hmm. use porn as their model. But on the other hand, we're also saying, hey, it's not real. You don't have to be like that. So I think the humanity of performers gets lost in that. Completely. Where you're almost treated as as just these robots and bodies. Mm -hmm. But there is more to it than that. So you talked about these three folks, one of whom is your partner, your life partner, Mm -hmm. King, enjoying themselves. Mm -hmm. And even if you needed to send the crew home... (laughs) Allowing them, not allowing, but making space for them to continue after. Mm -hmm. And I think people would be fascinated by the notion that performers would be enjoying themselves to an extent that after the pay is cut, Mm -hmm. after the camera's cut, Mm -hmm. they might continue. Is that something you've observed as a performer, as a director, where people have wanted to continue because they're just having a good time? So I think the, um, the industry is a small community. It, you know, it, it may seem larger, um, but it, it really is small in a sense that I have seen people make really great connections. Um, so like these three, the three um, 
King, Barbie, and um, Zerlina have worked together before. And I'd go as far as to say that we're all um, friends, at least peer, you know, good peers in the industry. And these are people that I would hang out with. And so for our, our film company, for Royal Fetish Films, it's incredibly important that we allow connections to be made so that there is a level of authenticity that's being brought to the screen. Um, do we always have like, you know, a couple of hours to hang out? Like, no, but you should at least, we like to do in our, our pre-interviews, like talk about what it is that you like, um, what it is that you want to do again today and uh, know that you're going to get pieces of that. It may not be the entire scene, but we're going to honor that you're going to get some pleasure for showing up today, you know, because we know that we're going to get a good outcome out of it. You'll want to work with us. Um, And so I think when I talk about the industry being small, it's that a lot of times it's people that you know that you are working with, um, that you actually may want to hang out after. We have the tendency not to so much as continue having sex, but we'll go and eat, go out to eat together after a shoot. Way better than sex. Yeah, <laughs> yeah especially after having sex for two hours, yeah, right? Hours, yeah. And that's so much more intimate, again, in my opinion, than, than maybe staying after and having sex, but allowing that space and not shaming it. Um, if it happens, then that's cool. Uh, other, for other folks, it's like, you know, I really like the way you do this. And I'm not seeing anyone right now, or I'm in an open relationship right now. Like, do you want to hang out? And, you know, do you want to put it on camera? Like, no, I just kind of want to, like, you know, feel good. Okay, cool. Um, so it's kind of like knowing your your friends and the resources that they have and being able to reach out and, and ask for that if you need it. And there must be a component of having something that's just for yourselves. Because mm-hmm. when you're putting either your life or your sex life or one yeah. performance development of it mm-hmm. on display, you want to enjoy your body too. You want to do it in a way where you're not worrying about the angle of the camera, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you're not being directed, right? Unless that's what you're into, which yeah. is also a thing. <laughs> it is, and it's nice also to know within our community um, that sex can be seen as pleasure, right? So um, it doesn't mean that we're going to get be talking about getting married, you know, or um, it doesn't mean that now I have to meet your mom like Mm -hmm. we can we can have sex and we can enjoy it and we're all tested um, or you know keep up a certain standard of testing so that also helps too in the vetting of you know casual partners how how do you manage pleasure for performance versus pleasure for the personal so for me there is um, the, the exhibitionist side of like yeah like they're watching and then then these other people are gonna watch and then the money like all of that like that gives me pleasure for performance ah. I like that um, it's enjoyable like thinking like oh I'll be sleep like next week and this will be selling you know and I'll wake up and see the the alerts that's that's cool like people that's are exciting buying my stuff. Yeah, yeah that the idea of like I'm working now and then this is gonna be passive income it's just another form of a residual income. It's just not what I think everybody Thinks associates <laughs> when they think. But you go to bed and you wake up and you're like, yep, yep. that's what I thought. Yep. I mean, when I sell something from like three years ago, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and you have your own company. You have many companies. Yeah. I, I definitely mm-hmm. want to talk about sure. your therapy practice. But you also mentioned Royal Fetish Films, which mm-hmm. is your production company. Yes. And this is ethical porn. Mm-hmm. Can you tell people, explain to us what that means to produce ethical Mm -hmm. porn and why it's so important that people consume ethical Mm -hmm. porn and how we can access 
yours as well as other ethical porn on the market. Absolutely. I think it's important for me to make sure that um, our definition of ethical porn or the way that we approach ethical porn um, is, I don't want to say necessarily set aside, but that term is kind of like the term organic. You know how you can (laughs) stick an organic label on anything now? Mm -hmm. And so um, we do see that that happening. So I just want to share like some of the practices that are um, that we value and and why and under what standard we consider it ethical. So everyone that performs is there because they want to be there. That's number one um, and is of the legal age to consent to being on film. Um, we don't allow any substance use of any kind um, to be used during our sets and so I think people have this um, perception and it is in some degrees of reality where people are like partying hard and oh I got wasted and then we shot this and that's um, that interferes with the ability to give consent it interferes with performance uh, and it just interferes with someone being able to communicate their needs clearly so that's something that we just don't toy around with Um, we are a company that doesn't believe in pushing stereotypes negative stereotypes um, really any stereotypes but um, you know, so if a performer is often relegated to a particular role because of either their race or their look or their ability or different ability, we don't play to that. Um, we ask them, you know, what is it that you would like to shoot? What What would you, and, and a lot of times people will say, well, um, I'll give you a good one. Um, I'm Asian, so I normally play submissive. And, and then we go, okay, we got that you're Asian, but what would you want to shoot? Well, Actually, I'm actually dominant in my real life, and we're like, why don't we bring that out? You know, um, so that to me is a part of being ethical is not making assumptions and actually connecting with the performer to find out what's going to make them feel good about this product. There are performers that down the road um, may say, you know, I didn't feel good about that, and you know, they have to buy back their content or they have to just deal with the fact that it's on the internet forever. And we want to give people as much of an opportunity to know that they're going to feel good and comfortable about, you know, the the um, work that they're putting out. So those are some of the, the basic premises. Of course, we respect people's boundaries, their hard limits, soft limits, any limits. Um, everyone on our crew is responsible for the performers. So it's not just performer to performer. Um, the way that we shoot is if the um production assistant sees someone being violated in any way, then she is just as much responsible as the person doing it. And so that way everyone has a shared responsibility. So it's a very communal feel. Um, and the reason why people should should support ethical porn companies is that you should feel good about your orgasms. You should feel good about your smut. You should feel good about um, any product that you consume. You know, there is already a lot of shame around sexuality, but then when you add the layer to it of, like, I don't even know, like, was that person 18 or not? You know? Did that person really want to be there? It's hard to tell, but I liked it. But And then that struggle. Yeah, that's really interesting because we often talk about the detrimental effects of porn, mm-hmm. and they're often overstated, and they're often not evidence-based. Right. They're based in assumptions, but that added layer of creating content, and so much of the content out there, is rooted in stereotypes, and often tied to feelings of shame. So mm-hmm. for example, having sex with somebody who's barely 18, mm-hmm. and so that can further reinforce some of our own hang-ups. Sure. And so ethical porn 
gives people an outlet to explore sex that is more authentic. And if you read any of the research around any sort of business communication and messaging, they're always saying, the best you can do is to be authentic. Yeah. The most appealing you can be is to show your greatest, deepest authenticity. Mm-hmm. And so you'd think we'd want the same in porn. Now I'm going to assume that, I could be wrong, you can correct me if I'm wrong, that part of your journey to launching this company, Royal Fetish Films, came from your experience in the mainstream porn world, which perhaps wasn't as ethical, where perhaps you face situations Mm -hmm. in which your power was lesser than others and Mm -hmm. you felt some sort of pressure. Uh, I'm not saying that every porn performer goes through Mm -hmm. this. How did you find your way into this industry and what was your first experience in the industry? Mm-hmm. Because everybody's story is different. And Very different, There is yeah. this notion that like every performer has been victimized and that may absolutely mm-hmm. not be the case, especially if they're working with an ethical right. producer. Yeah. So um, I do, I have a, a non-traditional um, entry into the porn industry. I was well into my 30s already. I was um, into my career. I was already, um, you know, providing therapy for a pretty large government agency um, and program management. And I have my children already. I was not destitute and uh, on the brink of homelessness or, you know, kind of like those stories that people put in their in their mind. And you have two master's degrees. I do. Yes. I do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had those already. So I didn't do porn to put me through school. Um, none of those things. But I did have an, the, the experience that I was having was as a consumer, of seeing like, I am so tired of seeing um, specifically black women or women of color being relegated to these roles that I cannot identify with. I was, I'd, I had to listen to porn um, silent. Mm-hmm. I could not listen to the audio because I don't speak the, the way that they would portray women of color or people of color. Yeah, and you don't sound like a chimpanzee that goes, <laughs> right. <laughs> Exactly. Or maybe a chihuahua. Whatever yeah. it is. Whatever but, animal yeah, it whatever is. Whatever that was. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, it, it, it is not a turn on to me. And, you know, a lot about porn is about uh, getting in touch with your own fantasies. You know, it's finding, finding content that you maybe don't want in your bedroom, but you want it to like think about it to excite you in your bedroom. And I'm like, no, I don't want to be a stripper. Okay, not that today. No, I don't want to be like picked up at a hotel. Like, no, I don't want the pizza man to fuck me. No, like, and it's and it, like the world of being able to find uh, adult content that I found relatable was becoming more and more difficult. The more I was accepting of the fact that I actually want to watch porn and I want to like it. I want to like it a lot, but I can't find it. And... Um, instead of talking poorly about it and complaining, I was just like, oh, I'll make my own. So um, King, who had already been in the industry off and on, I, I we we filmed something just sort of kind of like totally amateur, you know, let's just see how this comes out. And when I watched it and not to like toot my own horn, it really was like, a, that that's it. It's two people that are expressing love with one another. Um, that their bodies move in sync with each other and there's not over makeup or over wardrobe or you know there was um the person who shot it she panned out and you could see our whole body not just like the 4d high def of you know my ingrown hairs on my vagina. <laughs> yeah the meat shot yeah. right? in old porn they called it the meat shot oh and, my god original porn ended 
with the penetration. Now it ends with the money shot. Right, right. right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, nothing is necessarily wrong with that, but that variety to be able to allow you to experience really what sex feels like. And, you know, it's it's a journey. It may be a short journey um, or a shorter journey, but it still is where it's like, ah. Oh, um, his body pressed against mine. Like, I want to see that because I want to be able to then feel it, mm-hmm. you know? So that is actually why I decided to get in the industry is that I would make the work that I want to see. So um, taking a, taking it a step further, acting and, and being in the films, it's fun. Um, I definitely enjoy doing a lot of dominatrix work and I enjoy doing um, sex with my partner. That is uh, what I enjoy the most. But as I'm like, I have an eye for this. I know what I want to see. I'm getting feedback from other people. I don't have to just keep it within myself and keep looking for opportunities for me to shoot. I can broaden that by bringing what I want to see out of my, you know, out of my brain and onto the bodies of others. So like last night was was an opportunity to do that as a director. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Mm-hmm. It's just so interesting to hear these, uh, you know, your story and the story about how you started your production company because makes you wonder uh, how we're learning about sex, you know, how men are, you know, there's this primal desire that we've been taught. It's like, well, you just get out there and bang, 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 bang. And that's Mm -hmm. it because that's oftentimes what you see see Mm -hmm. in porn when in reality there are so many different things that people want, but we're not being presented with the options to see it. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. are you also catering your production company to what, like you're, you're talking to men. And oh, yeah. like, hey, what do you guys want to see? Because clearly it's not just this. Because you're not mm-hmm. into that. You're well, not a walk in the door, bend over, right. and primarily always get into it. No, I'm not. Some, like every now and then, right. I just want to get, you know, do my thing, mm-hmm. as I'm sure everyone does, mm-hmm. or some people pe- people do. Mm-hmm. But there's, <laughs> I'm deeper than that, man. But That's you know right. what I mean? But, but like are. sometimes, I am, I am, sometimes, we all I are. am more complex. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's just that we see uh, the adult industry in a very one dimensional yeah. way. Mm-hmm. So you, you are engaging with the people that you bring on, your performers, and saying, Absolutely. what do you want? And I'm guessing you're cre- creating this wonderful database of information. <laughs> that yeah. you can shoot in the future if not today you can be like well we know that we are, we're getting this and this and that mm-hmm. right so are you seeing things really evolve quickly in the industry where it's like the type of films that you're creating are, are changing for everyone so i certainly don't want to be credited as like um as being responsible for a movement um or or for the shift i think that i want to if i give credit to anyone it'll be al gore and the internet um because people are able to create their own content mm-hmm. right so you are seeing different types of bodies being represented that would never be seen sexually you know um all kinds of bodies you are seeing different makeup so um you know just let's throw out the word queer you know you were seeing queer people have sex and that means a lot of different things right so um i definitely think things are evolving because of that um where you can search you know you can be up late at night and just go like i wonder if you know like black dominatrix and um white man threesome transgender like you know you're just having this thought bubble and you'll you'll find something probably find a lot now right exactly if you can think of it there's a porn there's for a it. porn for it you're <laughs> right and i think uh 
if if we're doing anything, it is empowering people of color that they can um, express themselves in a space of kink. Um, we we you know fetishes. It's okay for us to have fetishes. It's okay for us not to be the fetish, you know. And to it's also okay for us to not to to feel. Uh, a lot of times we will say like, oh well, like that person is my favorite actress because she's the only. Um, the only black actors that that I've seen growing up or something like that but it's okay for you to honor that to see your body type your skin complexion but to not honor the stereotype that you know you can want more out of your adult entertainment it, uh, and for men it doesn't have to be bang 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 um a lot of men say like I, it's it's really cool to watch king like I don't know I mean to me <laughs> I'm so I'm so fortunate that it's like why wouldn't he be gentle like or why wouldn't he tender and tender or give his co-star a hand and help her off the pool table <laughs> hint for t- for <laughs> the scene <laughs> coming up you know like why wouldn't he do those things but oftentimes men have only seen porn performers be that kind of brute you know well isn't there a degree of like posturing where you know men need to kind of this idea that we need to pound on our chests and be like Mm -hmm. this is who i am this is what i do when so for instance with your partner king he can be the dom you know dominant but Mm -hmm. then offer his hand right and it doesn't make him any less dominant no Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if anything it's It's probably just yeah (laughs) kind of adding to that mm-hmm. another layer right but it's that, uh, that's what i like about you i'm like you're the most sweet gentle kind of behind the scenes guy if you haven't met brandon and i in person you know brandon will come to my events he's got his own thing going on but he'll you know be running and finding a chord for me never asking for credit super sweet but then you can turn into something totally different and i think if it's not that i need both of those extremes but I like that there's obviously nuance and mm-hmm. complexity, and, and, and it is, it's tiring for people of all genders, but particularly to see men painted one-dimensionally as these animalistic, right. they can't get enough, and it takes a toll mm-hmm. on them and Absolutely. their partners. Like it's, It can be emasculating if you don't feel that way. Now, Jet Setting Jasmine is a very busy woman and has to run off, but before you go, I'd love for you to just give me some perspective on how being a therapist, you're a mm-hmm. licensed therapist, affects your work all, as an adult performer and director. Because mm-hmm. that gives so, you a different perspective, but I also think a different burden <laughs> as it, you're looking out yeah, for people. Yeah, it does. It does. I think that was the part of me yesterday that was like, I'm not doing this anymore. You know, because <laughs> making sure that everyone feels emotionally safe and, um, you know, probably checking in more times than normal. Like, are you okay? You sure. And there were some some um, folks on the crew that this was their first time um, in shooting uh, adult material. So just making sure that they're, you know, that they were okay as well. Um, but it comes natural. Just to, to, you know, check in, pay attention to body language, pay attention to um, tone of voice. Are things changing? Do we need to check in? Um, Something that's important for me is that is remembering uh, I may be a therapist, but I'm not their therapist. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I can be very much aware of the nuances, like oh, there's been a shift in mood, um, so I can acknowledge it, um, but I don't have to, you know, strip down from this role and cater to you in this way. I may even send a message, and I have um, sent a message to a, a co-star and said, I, you know, I saw at a particular point in time um, something shifted for you, and I'm not really sure what that is. 
or if I was reading it properly. But if so, you you know, I'm open to helping you find someone to talk to. So I don't I don't shut it off. I don't I don't think that I can and I don't want to. Sixty uh, percent of my clients are in the sex industry in some way, shape, or form. As um, and with that, I I love that we talk about everything that you can think of. So um, performers that are experiencing financial difficulties, depression, raising their kids, issues with their their partners, um, career choices. It's nothing, it's really not different than anyone else seeing their therapist. The only thing is that I don't ask them to leave their job unless that's what they want to do. Right. I don't um, make an assumption that because they do porn that they have trauma or that their trauma you know, if they do have trauma, that the trauma is related to or porn is the outcome of it or whatever type of sex work that they do. So I think they are able to let their guard down a lot faster or they can say like, oh, sorry, like I have makeup all over my face. I just came from a shoot and the guy was like totally a brute and pounded me out. And, and you know, I just ran into a session. I'm like, OK, if you need a minute, let me you know, let me know. Um, and so they go, oh, I'm so glad that I could just say that. And it takes so much of the stigma off, and they're able to actually be honest in therapy. I do get a lot of clients, a, a huge number, I'd probably say like 50% of that 60%, say that they had a therapist, but they didn't know that they were in the adult industry. Oh my gosh, I mean, your work is such, such a, big a big part, part of, of you. what you do. And, mm-hmm. and if there are any therapists listening, we need to you know check ourselves and, mm-hmm. and ask, do we attribute challenges, struggles, trauma? Yeah to one thing, especially when it mm-hmm. comes to sex work. So mm-hmm. how lucky yeah. we are to have you in the Thank field. You. And I know certainly there are other sex workers listening and you're a fabulous resource. And I, I really would love to chat again about um, reconciling these two ends of the spectrum for mm-hmm. your career. And they aren't any necessarily different, but socially sure. they're constructed as mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. So people can find you with Blue Pearl Therapy. Mm-hmm. You're on Instagram as Jet Setting Jasmine. Yes and Royal Fetish Films, where can they access those? RoyalFetishXXX.com. RoyalFetishXXX, all right, we'll be sure to link to those. Thank Thank you you so much for chatting with us. Thank you, thanks for the time. I can see in Brandon's mouth that he has so many more questions as usual, so we'll (laughs) chat again. Thank you so much for listening wherever you're at. I hope you are doing great, feeling great. You can do anything. Maybe you'll take some of Jasmine's advice and try out some edging. We'll be back next Friday and every Friday with a whole new episode. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life, improve your life.